You can try your whole life to get understanding. But if you only use your natural mind, you will never get it. See, we grow, we, we, we grow up being taught to use our logical mind. But I want you to look how Paul describes the wisdom of the Spirit. And he compares it to man's natural way of thinking. Let's read in 1 Corinthians 2, verses 6 through 16. And this is a very clear description of thinking like God or thinking like man. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Did you notice in verse 14? There is a clear distinction made. The wisdom of the Spirit of God is foolishness to the natural man. And it even says, the natural man cannot know the things of God. In other words, it's impossible to just learn and think with your brain. But so many of us, so many times, we approach a question that we have by trying to think more clearly about it. See, we have a choice every time that we're looking for an answer to something. Will we apply only the logic that comes from our experiences? Or will we submit to the wisdom that comes only by the Spirit of God? See, one of the ways that we gain wisdom is by learning humility in the presence of God. Humility is a surrender to the Spirit of God. But when we are only willing to think logically, our natural mind will begin to fight and argue and it will argue with what God is telling us by His Spirit. When there's a sickness in the, that's, that's attacking your body, the Word of God says, by His stripes you were healed. But your natural mind says, no, I'm not. Can't you see my body? And this is where we, we talk about the difference between the facts and the truth. So the facts would be, this is what is attacking your body. 
But the deeper truth is that all of that has already been paid. But Paul even says in Romans 8 that the carnal mind is enmity with God. So enmity against God is fighting against God. Have you ever read the story of Naaman? He was the commander of the army of the king of Syria. And he was a very respected man in his area of influence. But he had a problem that he could not solve. Even though he was respected for his military experience, his body had become infected with leprosy. When he heard about the man of God, he decided to go to him for healing. And this is such a good example of uh, man's wisdom arguing with God's instructions. So 2 Kings 5, 9. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call in the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal my leprosy. Are not the Abana and the Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, Wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. And he returned to the man of God, he and all his aides, and came and stood before him, and he said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Now, therefore, please take a gift from your servant. Now, did you notice how angry Naaman became when he was told he had to humble himself, when he had to do something foolish? It's really the servants of Naaman who cared enough. I mean, they talked him into doing what Elisha has said to do. But how many times do we find ourselves give, being given an instruction by God? And we say, how in the world is this going to be something good? We say, God, don't you know what this is going to do? There have been many times in my life where God has told me to do something illogical. And really, I, I couldn't explain it to the people around me. Again, I'll say this, it, it was not something that went against the Word of God. Once I, after I had started a business in 2008, and the U.S. economy had crashed, it was not a good time to start a business. But God had specifically told me to start it. And after a while, I found myself with no money in the bank, and I had spent everything of my savings I even spent everything in, that I had put in a retirement account. And I had only one envelope with cash left in a drawer in my office. And I was almost numb with despair. I, I didn't know what else to do. But I had been asking the Lord if there was anything that He would have me do. And His answer was very clear to me. He said, 
give that envelope of money away. And I was thinking, this was in case I needed to buy milk for my children. But I made a decision right there that I was going to trust God, even if it meant that me and my family would go hungry. And I can tell you this story now because I know how it turns out. But I had nothing left to go on inside. And he had shown me where to give this money. And it was actually a thing that uh, we, we were doing at our church. And we were, we were giving money to, uh, to some needy families that had been designated. And when uh, everyone was, was bringing things forward and laying them on the stage of the church, and uh, it, was, it was cold outside and, and uh, I had a, a leather coat on and I had this envelope inside and I didn't even want to look inside the envelope. I didn't want to change my mind. So I just walked up to the stage and I laid the envelope on, on the pile of stuff that was there. And as I stood there, I said, Lord, is there anything else? And he said, yes, take off your coat and put it there too. So I took my coat off and I laid it on top of that. And I said, do you want my shoes too? He said, no, no, it's okay. And then he spoke something very clearly to my heart. He said, good job, son. Now I know you will not withhold anything from me. And then he said something I'll never forget. He said, most men never allow themselves the privilege of having nothing. And I realized the reason we don't allow ourselves that is because we try to protect ourselves. But I learned there and, and through some other examples that God will never ask me to do something that results in a long-term negative thing for me. Now, does this mean that when I had given away my last dollar that I had identified with poverty? And I would say, no, not at all. It, that was the moment I realized where my true riches are from. See, poverty is not dependent on how many dollars I have in the bank. See, I discovered my true wealth in God no matter what. And from that point on, we began to be profitable in business. Now, there was a time where my secretary asked me, how are we going to pay these bills? And so I asked her, if we pay the bills that are due today, what do we have left? And she did some figuring and she said, if we pay the bills that are due today, we have $15 left in the business. And then uh, about two weeks later, she asked me the same question. And I responded the same way. And she said, if we pay the bills that are due today, we have $68 left. And that's the lowest that the business ever got to zero. But our employees always received their paychecks. None of them ever <clears throat> knew how close we were to being bankrupt because there was always enough. See, we want to have enough and a big cushion because we say, well, maybe it's enough today, but is it enough for tomorrow? And I would say, you're not in tomorrow. Now, I know this is, this is hard to live by, when all you've ever trusted is what you can see with your, with your natural mind. But the same thing happened when, when my wife and I moved to Colorado. And this was, uh, our lack was a place to live. 
And the Lord had given me a word about a, a man's house that we were going to live in. And I knew the man's name was Tom, and I knew that there was a house that he had. But the circumstances around that would, were not even possible that we could do it. So when it came time to move, we had everything packed in our little van, and we drove onto the road heading for Colorado. And I realized I have nowhere to go with my family. And remember, this is with five children, so it's a family of seven. <laughs> and our, our oldest was 19, so these are full-grown children. When we got to Colorado, I had messaged a friend of mine who lived there. And he said, we're not at home. You can stay at our house for two days. And so there was a couple circumstances that happened during that time, that week. But we never had to go and even get a, 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 a motel or, or live under a bridge. <laughs> but within a week of getting there, we were moving into Tom's house. And even Tom was completely surprised that this had all worked out. So how do you load your family and, and drive out the, onto the road knowing that there's no place to go when you get there? And I would say there's many people who have done a similar thing. Many of the people who attended Karis Bible College had circumstances just as intimidating to them. And yet they obeyed God and they did what God said. And they were sustained and taken care of in their obedience. We could probably talk for hours and hours about the things that God has asked us to do. And when we obeyed, it worked out somehow. But the very next time we are faced with this instruction, we have to decide, will I obey God again? So now, back to the issue of questioning God's goodness. Isn't that the true test of faith? Are you willing to believe? Even when it looks like you're going to fall off a cliff, am I willing to believe another time? Are you willing to trust God even when it looks dangerous? Maybe he's leading you into something that you just, you can't see the outcome. Hasn't he already done enough to prove that he is always good? We see his mercy is evident all throughout history. He is continually working to restore mankind. And his goal is to always restore us into a right relationship with him. He wants to get each one of us back to the perfect connection that he had with Adam and Eve in the garden. And it was through Jesus who was a perfect man. And Jesus was able to fulfill what Adam was not. Jesus regained all authority back. And he even went to hell as punishment for Adam's sin. Now, if you have taken your place as a child of God, then you have already been given that same authority. But if you have not taken your place as a child of God, then you've chosen to live without the freedoms and benefits and authority. And those things were given to you from the very beginning. When your days were written before the foundation of the world, God had already made provision for you for all of your life. Isn't it amazing how merciful and gracious God is? How abounding in love our Heavenly Father is? You know that God believing in mankind is not logical at all. When I'm saying God is not logical, why would he trust all of this to mankind? 
It's because God wants relationship with us. See, God is good no matter where he's leading you. Let me say it this way. Even if you are in the fire right now, he has made the provision so that you do not get burned. What circumstances are you in right now? And answer this question honestly. Is it a result of you obeying his voice and following his leading? Or is it a result of disobeying his voice? See, God does not punish us for our sin because he already punished his son, Jesus. But sometimes the sin itself has a negative consequence attached to it. But remember, even if you have sinned, don't hide, for, hide yourself from God as Adam and Eve did in the garden. Run to your heavenly father and I promise you he will restore you back to a right relationship with him. And he will give you wisdom to be able to walk in freedom from all effects of sin. So I, as I'm speaking here, I am getting a song that's coming to me, Run to the Father by Cody Carnes. I, I didn't plan this, but I just feel like there's someone or, or maybe multiple people that as I'm talking about kind of recklessly following God, it's like I can hear you saying, but you don't know my circumstances. I'm telling you, God is your father and he knows your circumstances. The only answer you have is to run to your father. And if you bring all of your circumstances and all of you to him, don't worry about how it's all going to work out. That's just your logical mind saying, I need answers here. Remember, he hasn't promised to give you all the answers. He's promised to never leave you or forsake you. He's promised to give you wisdom. But in this case, wisdom may be uh, something very simple. Who knows? His wisdom might even be, just be still and know that I am God. If you allow your heart to find rest in him. Remember, taking that, that envelope of money and, and, and laying it down on the, in, in front of me. It was like a, a weight lifted off of me and I just rested and I, I, I had to trust him. Take all of your abilities and, and ways of providing for yourself and, and take everything to the Father.